Button. Ready? Hello and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationship that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. This morning we are joined by Deb Porter, who is on a mission to... Oh, sorry, is on a mission, yeah, to Mr. Rogers, the world, through teaching and practicing confidential, compassionate listening. To that end, she created Hold, Hearing Out Life Drama. Hold is a listening service that is less than a therapist, but outside the common circle of family, friends, or coworkers. She makes sure that your that her team of listeners listens to your load. Welcome, Deb. We are so glad to have you here with us this morning. We met you a few days ago and we had a wonderful conversation and we were like, we need to bring Deb on and have her share some of these listening tips and things that might help our parents and our listeners. So I'm so glad you joined us today. Thank you, both Christine and Herb. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today. This is good. Exactly. So let's start a little bit. Where did this concept of hold come from? Why did you start developing it? Let's get a why down there. Sure. Uh, the why, My why is um, I've always, since I was 19, felt that my purpose in life was to help people. And my greatest gift, my, my best skill is really listening. So uh, as I uh, tried to look around in my life after my divorce and after um, the funeral home cut my salary and said, what, if I could do anything, if I could imagine anything with my life, what would I love to do? And um, hold came and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to build this thing because I believe in it. So. That is awesome. Wow. So you've had a real corporate kind of job. You've been a mom or a family because you said yes. you had a divorce and now you're this entrepreneur that is really following her passion and helping people. Yeah. And I really connected with you earlier because uh, I was also a homeschool parent for, for many years. So, yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. And that's part of the parents that we're trying to reach and help them to make it the best they can be for their children. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about this whole, the H-O-L-D, what, what kind of things happen whenever you're doing your listening session? I know you can't give away all your secrets, but what are a few things that kind of help make it work? So one of the things as I'm uh, trying to teach people, I, I want to not only listen to people, but I also want to teach people how to be better listeners. And so one of the uh, essentials, uh, because listening is an essential skill, We've created an acronym. It's called CORE. Uh, I say we because my business partner, Linda, and I work together and we bounce ideas off back and forth. And we we together came up with CORE. So uh, the C stands for centered and calm. If you're not calm, you're not going to be able to listen. So that is essential. The O stands for outcome. So if you're beginning a conversation, what outcome are you hoping for with your child or with your spouse? What outcome is it that you want? You know, if we're having a conversation and it's what are we going to have for dinner? That's really easy. We already know. We don't have to think about that so much. But if we're trying to have the outcome of, um, for example, um, how do we strategically plan um, the school year? together as a family, then um, deciding on the outset, this is this is what the goal of the conversation is really can help so that you don't get sidetracked or get pulled off the emotions because everybody's on the same page about this is what we want this conversation to be. 
Okay, um, relate. So here is a really important piece, right? We, um, most people know when they think about listening, they think about relating and they think about, okay, I know I need to make eye contact. I know I need to um, make sure my phone's put away, those types of things. But what we're really wanting to make sure happens here is that you stay dialed in and really uh, are relating to the person. So that means you're asking questions. You're, you're really trying to stay on track with the person that you're having the conversation with. And then finally, empathy. Empathy is so important. Empathy is uh, not, uh, it's, it's listening by making sure that you're reflecting back their feelings. They're holding up a mirror. This is, this is what I hear you saying. This is what I understand you mean. Is that, is that right? And making sure that all of that connects. So that's the core. Love it. So in all of that, one of the one of the challenges that that as a coach is is myself and in, in some of the things that you're talking about is lately the last couple of years with going online, trying to make eye contact by <laughs> staring at that little thing right there instead of looking over here. Cause when I'm looking at you making eye contact, yeah. I'm not making eye contact with you. But <laughs> right. if I'm staring here, so that little bit of connection in these conversations that mm -hmm. no i'm paying attention to you but i'm not looking at you that mm -hmm. that little challenges so the empathy and the mm -hmm. reflecting back <clears throat> becomes really important especially in this this Digital screen time virtual. so what 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 um what experiences do you have what 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 advice do you have around that uh for me i try really hard to uh, once in a while look at the camera and also I think that there's kind of a general assessment um, an agreement among people that we know you're over there so if my eyes are over <laughs> that, that you're there and I'm here and so um, there is a sense of being dialed in there so but you'd be able to tell if I were looking at my clock up on the wall or if I were distracted by my phone you'd be able to tell so so it's really I think about um, being conscious of it and um, consider it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think part of that came true when I was in the classroom with my kids online, because even though the kids weren't looking at, you know, the camera per se, I could okay. see that they were looking at the screen at my face. I could see that they were following along with their mouth with they when they were practicing their sounds and things like that. So, okay. yeah, it really is a brain shift that we've kind of had to take on yeah. this digital world. But I love that point, Herb. That was really good. Yeah. So um, hold one of when I was reading it, it, it's about creating a container outside of family and friends to um, to be able to unload, to, to be able to 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 get the stuff off your shoulders. Um, but there's also a lot of listening skills that are going to be helpful within the family. So what are some ways, because especially when you first start homeschooling, when you first start pulling your kids out, they're going to have a lot more opportunities for communication than yes. what a lot more, yeah, um, a lot more. <laughs> so what are, what are some, some tips that our parents can have on how to start effectively listening? Cause they're going to be overwhelmed on all sides. What, what can, what can we do to help our parents listen? So it, it does, it gets to be intense. So what I would say about that, especially through the transition is give, give yourself a lot of, of kindness and grace. You don't have to do it perfectly. And uh, when you 
uh, set aside time where you're really intentional about connecting with your child. That is so important. It's that, you know, there that for quality, right? Quality matters. You're going to have a lot more quantity, yes, but that quality matters. So even, even though they're, um, they're now there more, um, you need to make sure that you're setting aside time where they're the focus of, of, of you, right? They're, they're it. Yeah. It's amazing how often so many of, of these tips and tricks come mm -hmm. down to actually putting the time in so creating a schedule yes. and a structure yes and a time. so so even, even here it's like scheduling this so uh -huh. so as as a home parent you know that that scheduling aspect mm -hmm. is going to be tremendous but so make sure to add also in time for just listening just listening exactly and I, with my kids um we would often uh there's different parts of listening, right? There's listening about the homeschool stuff, right? As, as that transition is happening, it's like, what's working for you, right? And then listen, what do you like? What don't you like? What what are you feeling? And we would often, as, as we were just beginning, we would do that initially at the end of each day. And as we got a little further along, we, we made it the end of the week. And so, um, and then as as it became just comfortable and it was our life and we had a sense then then it could be less maybe once a month check-in or something mm -hmm. like that but uh especially at the beginning it's really important to to have those check-in times yeah. i said this is also a really great time to have a coach because at that month when you start getting comfortable that's <laughs> when you need the coach to start making you a little bit uncomfortable to keep pushing the edges to make sure you get because even in business you know when you get comfortable in business Mm -hmm. That's when things start to slowing down or not so, growing more. Mm -hmm. So even with all of that, the coaching, so listening, you know, when you start to listening, having a coach to help you keep going on that is just so important. So absolutely. So yeah, yeah if you need help, here's a, here's someone to help you learn that. Exactly. So you mentioned that you have kids, are they currently older, younger, kind of in between? Do you mind not talking about that? Sure. My daughter's 22 now. Uh, she's uh, in her, she'll be just in a couple of days from this recording, going back to her last semester in college. Uh, she intends to go to grad school afterwards. And my son is 17. He's uh, about to, he's in his last semester of high school uh, um, as well. So he's also a senior. So I've got two seniors. <laughs> so life changes are coming for, for us, for sure. Exactly. Were they, um, homeschooled while you were trying to be an entrepreneur or was that in in your kind of business or work area sorry i'm not saying no that's okay i uh i have so much respect for those young mothers who are able to do that it, that was not my journey when my kids were young i was experiencing um our family was experiencing a, a great upheaval my husband was extremely ill and I uh, was a caregiver to him for eight years. And so I was trying to caregive to my husband and make sure that he had what he needed every couple of hours and as well as make sure that my kids were um, learning and growing and having their needs met. It was extremely challenging. Um, uh, in some ways, maybe the entrepreneurship would have been better <laughs> than what I had. Um, and uh, there's there was quite a lot of pain for us as we uh, mumbled and fumbled our way through that. But ultimately, I feel that because I put so much effort into really listening to them, they felt heard and they felt like they mattered. They felt seen. And so even though it maybe wasn't the best experience or what we had hoped for mm -hmm. as a family, um, where we are now, I'm, I'm really proud of. 
That's awesome. You know, I'm not sure really any family has ever had the best experience. Right. From the outside, they can look amazing, but but every every what's in the house is always different than what people show. So yeah. Don't don't judge yourself even there. Because that that, you know, everybody, everybody's got something. Because it sounds like you handled it with that kindness and grace that you were just talking about a little while ago about, you know, that's what you have to kind of give yourself when you do. big transitions. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So thinking about why homeschool, because it sounds like your kids have been in the kind of like public school or private school and then also homeschool kind of maybe back and forth. Back and forth. Yep. Would you mind sharing a little bit about kind of how that happened or why that was maybe a good fit for you and your family? Um, We, I was a reluctant homeschooler. Are you familiar with that term? Reluctant. I was like, I, I was not, uh, it was not my first choice. Um, when my daughter was in first grade, uh, she came home from school the very first week and said, actually it was the first day. And she said, mom, I think I need to be in second grade. Okay. And then um, by the end of the week, uh, she was incredibly unhappy and um, we were starting to see some big things developing. Um, and then the next week she refused to get on the school bus. Okay. I'm, I'm not going. Uh-huh. And I had raised, I, I had been so um, thoughtful and intentional about helping her have her voice and be independent and speak her mind. And suddenly she was, and I was like, wait, no, don't do that. You're not old enough for that yet. That's for later, right? <laughs> and I was like, wow, this really, like, if I practice, if I can't change this now, like I've taught her to be this way. I've taught her to speak her mind. I've taught her it's important to listen. If I don't hear what, what message am I giving? Right. And so <laughs> we got drug <laughs> to drug to the homeschooling because I, I went and I talked to the teacher and I said, listen, um, I understand that you've got a lot going on. You've got 23 other kids. My kid's only one. I, I respect that. I, um, I'd like to work with you. Um, how do you feel if I send some books um, from home? I'd like to send her some supplemental things that she can work on that's maybe a little bit more at her level. And the teacher was very uh unwilling um and she said no and she said if we let her do these things now what will she learn when she gets to second grade or third grade she said no and she said her daughter uh was a person who learned to sing the alphabet backwards and speak backwards and do all these strange weird things (laughs) i'd like my child to be a little bit better off the charts brilliant (laughs) things things, right Mm. and i was like you know I, um, I, I really want my daughter to have what she needs right now. I don't want her to have to wait. So I realized that we had a philosophical difference um, and that we were not going to be able to get into alignment. And so that was, that was the beginning of our homeschool journey uh, the first time. <laughs> exactly right. And that is a kind of a reluctant start, but I mean, you were doing what's best for your child. And that's one of the things that we're trying to help parents realize is that they need to do what's best for their child. And public school sometimes isn't the best choice. Sometimes it is the best choice as long as you're connecting and making sure that you're working with your kiddo. Sometimes it's in and out, kind of like what you said that your journey has been. So I'm, you know, like businesses need coaches. Why can't parents have education coaches or why can't parents have people who help them make those decisions? So 
I'm glad that you were able to do that because as a 27 year teacher, I'm shocked listening to that because Mm -hmm. I would have never said that to one of my parents. It's like, you want to spend some extra things for her, you know, because, you know, as a public school teacher, I understand that we need to get certain curriculum covered because we're responsible, da, da, da. But if a parent wanted to help supplement, oh my gosh, that makes my job so much easier because then I don't know. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I I really would have worked with, um, with her teachers had that been an option. It was, it was not. So, um, and I think what's really important, especially if you have a gifted child, it's really important to understand and meet them where they are. It's, um, and if where they are is, um, you know, very, very far ahead, um, that's, um, they deserve to learn. They deserve, they deserve to be fed. They deserve to have that, that as much brain food as any other child. Mm-hmm. Um, and most, most schools, um, the school district that we're in, Hillsborough School District, actually made a policy that they were getting rid of the of the highly intelligent child standards of, and the 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 smarter yeah. kids are now being forced to work with the lower kids to bring them up and to level the playing field. So the the smartest kids the they mm-hmm. don't get their classes of their own and they're being forced to work with. So they're being forced to teach the other kids stuff that they don't necessarily understand sit and be bored and it's creating again a lot of trauma and and dislike of the school system so Mm -hmm. again if you do have a really highly intelligent child right now Mm -hmm. the school system is probably not able to meet their needs not necessarily because of the teacher's desire but because of the way the policies and mandates the mandates Mm -hmm. and the stuff that's coming down so yeah, be really careful about that. Keep, keep, and, and listen to your kids because mm-hmm. this is going to cause problems because if they like learning and suddenly they don't have any opportunities, they will be telling you they will be having issues in school. So, so yeah, listen. It's how imposter syndrome develops. All of the really bright children is some of the, if, if you're familiar with imposter syndrome, it's a, that's not me, right? And so people start to think all of the intelligent kids who aren't allowed to be who they are and develop as they need to, they're like, oh, no, that I'm not that smart. I'm, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not that good. Yeah. 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 And they, and they've wow. been learning a lot about visual learners too. And visual learners don't have the word learning capabilities. So a lot of this, the coursework in school for visual learners, the hands-on learners, that's all being removed for in favor of mathematics and just word stuff. So the visual learners and the hands-on people and the tactical people, they're all getting like completely left out of school. And again, they're not being heard. It's like, that's not how I learn. So they're mm-hmm. being shunted off. And then the people who do, do learn that way are trying to force. So yeah, it's just this weird yeah. conglomeration of, of things going on in the school that that make it really difficult for education to actually happen right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so if the parents are really on the ball, they can make it work. They, they can. can. They can yeah. be with the teachers. They can be with the kids. But you have to be really, really involved in that. There's a commitment. I agree with you 100%. There's a commitment. Yeah. And it's a decision. It's a decision of I I want the best for my child and I'm willing to um, make the sacrifice and shuffle life as we need it to be so that my child can learn, grow, and thrive. Exactly. 
Yeah. And, and you know, one of the reasons that we also entrepreneurship is, is part of this mm. is because when you get into entrepreneurship, it's because other stuff isn't working right. Um, you're, there's other things going on that throw you into this entrepreneurship path. And so if you have kids and stuff isn't working right and the kids are seeing that stuff isn't working right, then bringing them along with you to help fix the problem instead of leaving them in the problem while you try and fix it over here can, can cause disturbances in the family that, that listening gets a lot harder when you stop being able to use the same words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were saying that you homeschooled and then for a while, you said that was your first time homeschooling. So then did you <laughs> go back to public school for a while? Yes, uh, eventually she did. Um, I found a really early on, I found a private school that was actually for much older kids, but it was found, it was in Chicago and it was founded by some people who um, had a real heart for gifted kids. And so they were willing to take Anya for just a day, a week into their school. And so that worked out really well. It meant driving into Chicago. So that was an hour drive for me. I had my son who's little (laughs) in the car seat. That was, that was harder. Um, but we did that. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, it's been a long, it was a long journey to get her to where she's at now, (laughs) for sure. You know, we, we bounced in and out. There's, uh, meeting the social needs. Uh, I know we talked about that in our personal conversation. Um, uh, I think it's something that's so true for gifted kids. They want to feel normal. They want to feel a part of, of a group of people. And especially, you know, especially around nine, 10, that those needs really shine loudly. And so um, we made a move uh, to Reno and we gave public school a try again. There's a program here called the SWAS program. It's called the school within a school and it's for gifted kids. And we tried that for a while. Um, and then that also didn't work. We had another, uh, issue with a teacher. That didn't. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, exactly. so thinking about, um, uh, my brain just left. So did you homeschool your son at all or was oh, he yeah. just, we did. did. I did. Um, when, when I pulled Anya from the school within school program at about the same time, my son was getting, uh, he was in first grade and he was getting notes home. I had them in the same school. He was getting notes home about behavioral issues. He was, he was, um, um, not, and I, and I tried to talk with, uh, speak with his teacher. I said, look, he's reading, you know, he's reading at this level. Can we accommodate that? And I again got no. And so I again said, okay, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fighting this battle. I'll just take them both home. And so I did. Got it. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Thank, well, you. I, thank, the, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The courage, the, the, the drive to do that, to take care of your mm-hmm. kids. We need more people like that right now. I, I'm, I want to make it really clear. I'm not bashing on teachers because <laughs> I'm, um, I, and I know there are so many great teachers out there. I can tell Christina that if I had had the opportunity to work with you, we could have figured it out. We would have, we would have done something great. Exactly. Um, I just happened to have people who weren't open and who were very closed-minded and, and not that um, open box kind of thinking that you guys are promoting and talking about. Yeah. So well, um, we, one of our children is on the spectrum and yeah. went to the same school that, that she was teaching at. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of times where the IEPs and we got all of these, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. 
And even though it was in the same building she was teaching in, that stuff just never ended up fully manifesting. So even with the best teacher and the best laid plans, if it, the class sizes, the stuff going, there just sometimes the of the class isn't enough sometimes. space and time to put all of those plans that you make into action into practice anyway. So that's why listening to your child is so important because they'll tell you when those when their needs aren't met. You know, if you listen, they'll tell you, but you have to be dialed in. You have to be watching the behavior. You have to be noticing um, the nonverbal language. You have to be noticing um, and drawing them into the conversation to listen. And if you draw them in, be sure, oh my gosh, <laughs> be sure yeah. to keep your center, be sure to be calm. Because it was, let me tell you, when my mm -hmm. daughter uh, was in the SWAS class and when that blew up, I got angry. I was, I was really, I don't get angry easily, but I was angry and it took a lot for me to stay calm, right. Mm -hmm. to, to practice that core. Uh, because what she was telling me, mm, right. I was not, but at the same time I was listening to her. Right. And it was about her and her needs. And if I had blown up, blown up, if I had, um, yeah, yeah, that would not have been helpful. To yeah, if you got mad at the situation, she wouldn't right. have she would have been less likely to continue talking. Right. right. So, or she would have thought you were mad at her. Exactly. Like, no, we got to differentiate, make sure. Yeah. Right. So, so parent, practice the core. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Core. Um, if a parent wanted to maybe create a listening time each week, what would be some tips or some ideas that you would give them to let start slow, of course, because you usually just can't jump in and make that huge change, especially when they're like teenagers or whatever, or they're very vocal and strong-willed kind of. I went through a coaching program to learn how to how listen. How to do that. How yeah. do you... So what are some things that parents can start slow creating listening spaces maybe once a week so that we can build this relationship? I'd say build it into something you're already doing. So for example, if you're going to the grocery store already, um, take the time to, to say uh, as you're driving to the grocery store, tell me, tell me one thing about your week that you loved. And then uh, tell me one thing about your week that um, you wish had been different, you know, just build it into something you're already doing. If it's, if they help you with a specific chore around the house where conversations, you know, a possibility, maybe you won't get that same eye contact, but especially if it's new and your child's not used to that or doesn't like that, uh, if they're on the spectrum, then for sure. Um, absolutely. You, um, give them, give them the space and time they need to, to, to just share. And if you can ask pretty specific questions, that helps. That does help, 100%. So whole, how is your day gets a general, how is your, you know, a real general response. So there was times like, like when I was talking with mm -hmm. her, when she was having a bad day, it would be like, hey, what today made you feel like a competent teacher? Nice. Hey, what today made you feel like you connected with your kids? Perfect. So, so a real, a real specific question. Yes. So if your kids are into a video game, ask a very specific question about their video game to start the conversation um, is, is just one little tool instead of just, oh, how just instead of a generalized out there, be, be specific on something that they like. So the video game thing I struggle with with my son because he loves he loves video games. Even at 17, he's still 
playing video games. And that is still what he loves to talk about. It's not what I love to talk about, but right. it is what he loves to talk about. And so in order to meet him where he's at, um, I'll say, what's the next goal you're working towards in your game? So that's not really a specific question because I don't understand anything that's going on in that game, to be really honest with you. And he's told me a lot and I still don't get it, yep. but, yeah. but it's enough. Exactly. You're, yeah. I'll, I'll talk with Robert and like, dude, I have no idea what you just said, but I can tell that you're doing this and you're and really you're excited. excited and I'm like, yes. Yes. So, and you reflected back the feeling and that's what they need to be seen and to be heard that yeah. they, he gets that you got his excitement and his happiness. And so you, you let him know you validated. Oh my gosh. Validation is so important. You validated his feeling. How beautiful is that? I love it. Love it. Love it. That is wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit more about your program. So if someone needed a listener, mm-hmm. what, what would they do or how would they maybe get in touch with you or what do you have going on? Sure. Um, so if somebody needs a listener, uh, they book on our website. Um, it's a book and pay. It's We're typically available, either myself or one of my other listeners that I've trained are available usually within about an hour. Um, and uh, it's $25 per 15 minutes and we have an option of 15, 30 or 45 minutes. So uh, the pricing is really straightforward. Um, and you can choose phone chat or zoom. So if you're not comfortable having a conversation where you're seen, that's fine. Um, we can have a telephone conversation or, or text chat. Um, and we quite simply listen. One of the foundations of hold is we don't give advice. So during my caregiving years and my homeschooling years, to be really honest with you, people often gave me advice I wasn't ready to hear or I didn't need. I simply needed to experience, I needed to express the feelings and have that validation that we just talked about, right? Whether it's excitement or whether it's um, upset or anger or fear or whatever you're feeling, just having somebody else to hold that space with you. That's mm-hmm. what we do. So wonderful and if you haven't actually experienced that for yourself yet it might sound simple but it is so absolutely profound and life-changing um i i have a coach for for a different reason and i most of it is me just talking and having somebody hear me and repeat back um with mine there is a little bit of homework and advice at the end but for the most part it's me being able to talk and get get my head clear so that I can speak clear. So, so what she does is incredibly valuable. If you need help with that, with, with talking about something or even help learning how to do that with your kids. Um, Amazing, amazing resource right here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. If you've got listeners who might have teens, we have a resource um, uh, about, helping you through uh, developing the conversation with an angry teen. And uh, it's a free resource. Um, I'll put that in um, my information for you to share in the show notes. So um, if that's something that would be helpful to your listeners, that's free, easy to sign up for. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Deb, it has been a wonderful conversation. And I love that we were able to go back and forth and actually listen to each other, right? Exactly. And thank you for the tips. Uh, And one more question. Is there anything else that we haven't covered oh, this go. afternoon or the, for this conversation that, that you would like to tell is there is there one little bit of advice or something that it's like oh man i wish we had covered this what would that be if i can teach people one thing this is my thing if i can teach people one thing it's uh, so often uh, a spouse or a child will go but and i don't know what to do 
when when that happens, just simply say, wow, I, I heard all of that. Did you want my advice or do you just need me to hold space with you? Don't don't jump in with the advice, but just just listen and 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 hold the space. <laughs> it's so important. I love that. Clarify if they really wanted something back or if they just needed if to. They, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, happens yeah. a lot whenever you're excited about something or maybe you've learned something new. You know, exactly. Thank yeah. you, Dave. You're yeah. welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. All right, everybody, make sure that you are following along. Look in the show notes for that resource and all of Deb's contact information. And let us know on a review if this show has been helpful. And as always, take care and make the best choices for you and your family. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, we wave on a podcast.